Hey everyone, thanks so much for joining me on the Titans of Healthcare podcast. I'm your host, Jared Taylor. We have a very special episode for you today with three amazing guests. And this episode is going to cover the keys to digital health in 2023. And what that the, the main point to really take away from that is a dependable ROI. And we, like I said, we have these three amazing guests. Since we have multiple guests, I'm going to let each person kind of go down, uh, starting with Julian, uh, and tell about their you know quick title, company, and uh, you know feel free to add some background in there too. But uh, really excited for this episode. Great, Jared. Thanks for for having us, uh, David Ray. Nice to be with you, uh, Julian Flannery. I'm the founder and CEO of Sumus. Uh, we are a virtual specialty care platform. Uh, we inform medical decisions across the continuum of care, drive better decisions, and as we'll talk about today, uh, you know, produce a meaningful ROI for our clients. Uh, I'm Ray Dion, uh, co-founder and CEO of Monocle Insights. Uh, data is a service company focused on uh, impacting better outcomes and, and better mechanisms and assess- assessment of value in healthcare. Great. And I'm David Viroff. I'm a managing director in Deloitte's healthcare consulting practice, where I uh, co-lead our population health innovation practice um, and also have a long background in the space around measuring uh, the effect and outcomes of, of digital health and other kinds of care management programs. Thanks so much. So let's dive in. Uh, you know, ROI has always been an important question for uh, every organization when evaluating benefit offerings. Um, Julian, we'll start with you and then we'll go Ray, David. Uh, how should organizations be thinking about it right now? I mean, it's a, it's a hugely pertinent question, right? So if you think about what companies and organizations have done over the past, call it three to five, maybe more, David can knows better than I, uh, you know, years, they, they've really sort of accumulated a ton of solutions. There's been billions of dollars invested into, you know, different verticals uh, that, that produce companies like mine. So there's a lot of uh, solutions out there that companies have bought. Um, and the reality is we're in a different economic climate right now, right? Uh, inflation is up, interest rates are up, you know, la- labor markets are, are starting to get strained. Uh, you know, there's arguments on whether or not we're in a recession, we're going in a recession, but it certainly is a different buying uh, trend. Uh, you know, healthcare is recession, uh, it's not recession proof, but it is recession resistant. So I think generally the, the point is they're starting to think, uh, you know, companies are very meaningfully looking at ROI. You know, there's consolidation, conversation, uh, there's there's hard questions about what does this ROI mean? How did you derive it? What does it mean for us based on how we use your product? Uh, and those conversations are going on daily with with our you know with our prospect conversations and and even with our existing clients. Yeah, I think to to that end as well, Julian. That as we look at across multiple portions of the healthcare spectrum and look at providers, we look at health tech organizations and we look at advisories and consultancies they all are starting to look at how to measure ROI in terms of outcomes, whether that's fiscal outcomes or care level outcomes. And so being able to instrument the data around those processes and those changes is really crucial to help define that ROI. But I think what's missing from what I see and where we need to really lay in a lot of effort is to define early what is the value we're trying to bring to the table? And then how do we measure that, right? Whether it's a you know fiscal outcome or a clinical outcome, stating that early and then being able to measure through whatever mechanism is available, that outcome and that value is really what's gonna drive your ROI discussions. 
Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And you know what? What I think we're we're all aware of is there are a thousand great ideas out there, and um, all, all, all these organizations, these little new startups and new early stage companies are doing things that sound very interesting and important. And what we're what is so hard to do is to sort through sort through and figure out what is real and what's not real, and how you leverage actual real world evidence of the benefit of any of these things is is where a lot of companies are struggling right now. So the answer is get the real world evidence, focus on what you can see that's plausible as a fact and uh, do the hardcore measurement on ROI. And we're going to stick with you, uh, David. We're going to go David and Ray for, for this, for this uh, next kind of prompt. What what are some of the I know you kind of you, you kind of gave us the, the path, but what are some of the challenges that that healthcare uh, companies are experiencing right now in terms of measuring? Yeah, well, I, I'm going to uh, focus specifically on ROI as measured by medical cost impact because that's sort of the most common metric that people care about. Um, it, the, the biggest challenge here is really it's a challenge of small numbers and statistics. Um, you know, uh, healthcare costs are really, really variable um, over time and by person. And the only way to manage that variability is to look at large numbers of people being um, impacted or receiving a treatment or an application of some sort. Um, and what we see is a lot of a lot of studies that are produced that have really small numbers, and it just isn't credible given the fact that there's so much variation. So the second biggest challenge is really how do you compare? Like what if you if you're struggling with this, how do you actually de define a control group or a comparison group? Um, the gold standard here is a randomized control trial, which is of course very impractical in the real world. <laughs> um, so uh, so we go through a lot of machinations to um, you know build appropriate comparisons. And of course, the most natural comparison that everybody goes to is look at things over time. So you see. You see a group that you've intervened upon, and you say their their behaviors have changed, and uh, their cost profiles have changed, and their utilization of healthcare has changed, and that's a natural one to do. But it's also fraught with challenges because um, because there is variation in care and care delivery. If you're targeting your intervention on very high risk people, the uh, the law of statistics would tell you it's likely that that group is going to be lower cost in the future. So you can't just look at over time comparisons. And, um, and, and so what we end up doing is spending a lot of energy on trying to build appropriate, reasonable proxies, pseudo controls um, that are, are out there or are seeking natural experiments. So that all sounds hard. It is actually hard, um, complex statistically and require a lot of expertise about how to execute fairly. And actually for observers like us at Deloitte, really assessing the validity of all these studies is, is a big challenge as well. So, David, I, I couldn't agree more. I think at the end of the day, it boils down to uh, a lack of data or what we like to call an information asymmetry, right? A lot of these organizations don't have the, the visibility that they need into the data that they can actually do a good, fair assessment of value or of ROI, right? We talk about small clinical trials. You talk about small numbers. Honestly, sometimes when we start looking at the provider space, they can't see market level movements. They can't see the entire journey of their patient. They can't see all of these things. And in the health tech space, 
data is so disparate in this space that it's hard to pull all those things together to really say we are doing a good job of value of of determining our value and providing our ROI because we simply don't have the data, but we you know, we need access to more and more and more data and information. So I think that that really is the biggest challenge is that information asymmetry and the inability to see an entire market or an entire situation or an entire journey of a patient from multiple perspectives. And without that, it's really difficult to judge value and judge ROI. And so you have to get into the, the machinations that, that David just discussed about doing statistical analysis and understanding uncertainty and all of these other things that are really band-aids on a larger, a larger problem, which is that lack of knowledge and lack of insight. And Julian, I want to kick it over uh, to you because, you know, your your company has recently launched this new ROI methodology. W what is that? Can you give us more of a, a background beyond that since, you know, this is the core topic here? Yeah, no, it, it's really interesting to listen to, to David and Ray, and we're happy to, to be partnered with with Ray and, and Monocle. They have a terrific database. Uh, they've been terrific partners in terms of providing the data that we uh, measure our, our ROI against. So, um, you know, we, we have one thing going for us. Uh, one is, well, we have multiple things going for us, but, you know, the first is we focus in specialty care. And if you look at the data, you know, David can attest to this, I think. Uh, you know, specialty care, especially pharma is really where a ton of cost is, right? And so we, you know, we have the benefit of not being a, you know, wellness offering or somewhere. It's very hard to pinpoint the impact you have. Um, number two, uh, we set out to, to design something that was a, a sort of aligned with our business model, which is, you know, and we wanted to make it very honest and reliable, right? And so David mentioned this concept of trend, you know, over time. Uh, yeah, we, we feel trend, you know, there's all the challenges that David mentioned, but there's also, you know, if you have 40 solutions as a large company, how do you know who's impacting what, right? And so, you know, for us, we said, hey, let's, let's look at the episode, right? The journey. So a member comes to us uh, with any health question, could be allergies for their kids, could be, you know, cancer. And, you know, what we're doing is we're we're providing that, you know, accelerated access to a high quality specialist who's going to help them understand what they need to do in healthcare, make better decisions. Ultimately, what we do is help people make better decisions, which drives better outcomes and ultimately drives drives cost, cost avoidance. Um, so we're going to measure the episode, right? So we're going to look at, uh, you know, the decisions that came out of that episode. And then the magic really happens when we compare it against the data that comes out of Ray's company, uh, where we take a cohort from a, a, you know, a database of 300, 340 million patient lives, and we, we make that look like the patient demographically, geographically, and whatnot. Um, and so we, we compare kind of the decisions that that patient made and the, and the track that they're on. Uh, versus the versus the cohort, and and you know we look at stuff like avoided surgeries. That's the easiest one. But you look at you know change uh, changes in treatments, you know changes in in, in drug, um, you know drug regimens, and and then visits, right? So we're, we're you know people are often just dancing around the healthcare system trying to figure out what to do, especially in specialty care. Um, so once we do that, you know, we can, you know, we, we roll that up to really 15 categories that are sort of very much aligned with the top claims drivers of, of companies, right, who are self-funded, you know, everything, you know, cancer, MSK, and all of our episodes roll up to those where we have an average savings uh, per category, which we can compare against their claims data. 
Um, so what's so cool about this is, you know, we can go to, we, we can basically uh, sort of fashion an industry, industry specific ROI because a technology company with a younger professional, you know, population might be different than a manufacturing company, just in terms of the different types of, um, you know, health, health concerns that their population is dealing with. Uh, so we can do it industry specific. We'll be able to present our prospects and clients with, you know, a utilization profile, how many, you know, how many of their members are using us. Uh, and then we can show them that, you know, per episode, you know, per condition uh, cost avoidance, which we think is, again, very honest and, and reliable, was, you know, uh, sort of credentialed or, or uh, stamped by Milliman last year. Uh, so we we feel pretty good about it. And again, in, in a very critical ROI environment, we feel like it's very defensible uh, versus something that's a little bit more wishy-washy. Um, so. Thanks, Julian. Yeah. And, and kicking it back to David and Ray, like, you know, Julian was talking uh, through through data, right? Um, you know, what role does, does data and data analytics play in, in creating and measuring that ROI? We'll start with you, David, and then we'll kick it over to, to Ray. Yeah. I mean, what, what I think is that, um, you know, all this requires, as Ray was suggesting before, it requires excellent data and insights from the data to really get clarity about what your intervention is and metricize that as much as possible. Um, and then. And then also to um, to build proxies of what the outcomes are that you're expecting, and and Julian referenced that as well. It's it's not just that ultimate measure that you care about. It's what the sort of indicators along the along the pathway to success are. So I'll give you an example of this. If you're implementing a new care management program, you wouldn't just jump to the question of how much. How many dollars does that save you? You would actually understand, are you engaging the population deeply? Are you getting the kinds of actions that you are expecting to result from the care management to happen? Do you have the metrics associated with that? And then are you seeing for the people you're engaging with a change in their, their utilization profiles of the healthcare system uh, based on what you see as, as differences in, in, in the behaviors? So. Building that whole frame requires a, a, a lot of analytics capabilities and a lot of data sources that, frankly, sometimes are not very well curated in this in in our environment. Yeah, you're you're very right, David. The the data landscape in in healthcare today is so fractured and fragmented and a wildly varying quality that it's hard to put your thumb on something that really is highly useful. You know, to Julian's point, being able to look both deep and wide is really crucial. And, and the only way that you can do that with any sort of validity is by having robust data to do that with, to be able to segment populations, to look at cohorting, to drive those things. It, it plays a fundamental role. To David's point, right, then the analytics, it's, it's about the analysts and the decision makers understanding the process and the points of value that you're going to hit in order to build up those analytics in such a way that they're meaningful and believable and that you've managed and mitigated uncertainty from where you're getting data to how that data is being manifest to how it's being analyzed and then decided upon that really gets to the crux of driving ROI, right? And understanding assumptions, understanding risk and uncertainty, that gets you into a really nice, comfortable, defensible position on ROI. But at the end of the day, it has to do everything with knowing your process, knowing your product, and then having good data and good data science behind it to support all of the things that you're doing. Thanks, thanks, Ray. Thanks, David. Um, 
for, for those thoughts. Yeah, it's taking it taking it back to you, Julian. Too, I, I probably should have asked you this when, when you were diving more into the the new methodology, right, around ROI. But you know, what are what are what's the feedback been? What's the the thoughts been from clients and investors on this methodology? Yeah, I think it's been really positive. You know, I, I think you know traditionally, uh, you know, one could look at ROI as just you know perhaps a number on a page that is defensible for a great program, and and people don't you know didn't dig into it as much. I think there's a lot of pressure from CFOs right now on you know, hey, is this a real ROI, and how are you you know how are you calibrating it, and how does it compare to the other solutions you have, and so, you know, I would say that's point number one, and point number two is just this concept of like honesty and reliability, right, is is big, right? Because, you know, we, we are all sort of can know what numbers do, you can fashion numbers in a way that shows different, you know, show different, different outcomes. Um, but, you know, if, if you truly come at it with integrity, and, 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 and also are forthright about the challenges and, and, you know, the data, and, you know, we've tried to find the best possible data partner in, in the market, uh, we've tried to fashion it to our business model, uh, which is important. Uh, and we're not just throwing up a three to one or a four to one or a five to one up there because people are just cynical on that. Right. And so I think that's the client side. Uh, I'll tell you, on the investor side there, you know, that's one of the first questions like, OK, you're going to deliver an ROI for your product, because <laughs> if you if you don't like you might as well just, you know, bring it, you know, bring it home. I mean, at the end of the day, like when I make investment decisions, capital you know, decisions in my company, I say, well, is this going to generate an ROI for for Sumus? Guess what? Investors think that way, too. And guess what? Clients do, too. Uh Thanks for that. Um, you're 100% right. Uh, in, in terms of, and we can kind of, we'll, we'll um, what, what I would like to do, we'll, we'll switch up the rotation here uh, a little bit. We'll, we'll just continue on with you, Julian, and then we'll go uh, Ray, and then uh, last but not least, David. What are some advice uh, do you do you all have for others in terms of uh, measuring ROI for healthcare companies and organizations? in their purchase and solutions? Like what, what does that advice look like? And then we'll kind of do, I guess, a couple quick hitters from, from each of you here. Yeah, I, w I would just say, because we feel comfortable in our methodology and, and the intellectual rigor that we went at it, ask hard questions, you know, because just dig in, ask hard questions. Nothing's going to be perfect. I'm sure David will say that too, but you know, that would be my biggest advice. Uh, and then have a, have a benchmark for what you want to get out of your program and, and then, you know, hold the, hold them to it. You know, if you know, hold us to it, and and we're we're ready to do that. So that'd be my point. It, I, I'd make just two simple points. One, understand the problem that you're trying to solve and the impact that it's going to have, and then figure out how to believably measure that impact, and then back into what do I need to support that accordingly, as opposed to a lot of what we see, which is, hey, we've got a great solution, we're looking for a problem, and have no idea how we're going to understand its impact or its value and how it delivers start with a problem, find a solution, know what that impact is, and then build into it. And at that point, no one can ever question the integrity of your ROI or the value that you're delivering. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm right with you, Ray. I mean, I think um, what, what I always say is let's build the plausibility case first. It's like, if this, if, if you can't get your spreadsheet math to work on how this could potentially deliver the outcome, nobody's ever going to believe you. And doing that spreadsheet math around like X number of people impacted and X impact on each person and Y spread and all that stuff, then you you um, if you do that well, you'll know what the levers are that you have to move 
to drive impact. And you'll be able to measure that, put the metrics around that, that build the case. Um, whether or not you got the broad outcomes, you've got the foundations of the business case together that can make sense. Um, but I will tell you, there are a lot of solutions out there that don't even do what I was just talking about, and they just don't hold water on the plausibility case. And I think that's one of the interesting things when you look at some of the companies that have maybe failed over the last couple months, year, is they weren't able to show that ROI. There's some companies, right, that are in a forever funding cycle where they hope they can find that. And, and, and a lot of these health systems um, and even these other digital health companies, they, they need, to, like, before they might be able to experiment or have a lengthier time, right, to, to show ROI, and that kind of got cut uh, to, to some degree. So it's, it's certainly been interesting to see how, um, you know, how this plays out. I think Julian, you mentioned earlier in the conversation, right. Um, that, you know, it's not that healthcare is, uh, recession proof, but, uh, it, it can, it can resist, um, you know, a lot of the, the pieces of recession that, um, you know, other industries can't survive through. Um, but, Gentlemen, I'm I'm so glad that we were able to have the, the three of you on here to talk ROI uh, in healthcare and uh, and really enjoy the conversation. Hopefully, we can have you come back on and we can dive into some other issues. But really appreciate having you all here. Thanks, Jared. Thanks, Jared.